Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Solidarity Live, where we uh, get we take stories and questions from the community here in Somerville and Medford, um, and then we bring in experts to talk about those issues, and we also figure out how we can solve these problems together as a community. So today, I'm actually quite excited. I'm going to be talking to um, a musician here uh, in Somerville. Uh, and the difficulties that you can imagine uh, they have living uh, under COVID, trying to live as a musician um, in the economic climate that we have. And we also will have on a musician from Canada. And so we will talk about the differences there. Um, so I'm going to bring those folks in. We have with us um, James Lasui. I hope I said that right. You'll be able to introduce no. yourself as well. And Kat McLeavy. So, um, awesome. You are both live. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with, with James. So, if you want to just introduce yourself briefly and talk about um, what has happened in your life since, um, since the lockdown started. Okay. Um, well, hello. My name is James Lasui. Uh, I'm from California, but I came to the Boston area for our Somerville area for um, my grad studies at Boston Conservatory. Um, I was serving tables as a server. And um, since COVID became a thing, I am not in work because I can't serve. There's no one, everything's shut down. So it's pretty much affecting my financial situation directly. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and when we talked um, earlier, and by the way, I will just mention to you, it's a it's a little bit awkward on the screen because the all three of us are like one, two, three, and so you're very narrow, <laughs> so you're gonna stay kind of in the center of the screen, but um, yeah, stay there. Um, so uh, James, when you and I had spoken earlier, you mentioned that uh, you you were doing a lot of music gigs and really kind of living the life of a musician, um, yeah. but that recently you had taken on the restaurant job because you wanted to be able to save money, right? You didn't want to just meet your expenses, but you wanted to save. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and about the timing of when you took this job as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I can definitely do that. Um, I was working at Starbucks as a cafe uh, barista manager, basically. Um, I realized that it was really fulfilling and being um, a, like a service to people on some level, um, not just being a musician and serving people that way and serving my soul, but also um, serving people and the human spirit. And so um, I realized that I couldn't support myself and save uh, by being a musician and a barista. So I thought I should probably, I'm really good at the, the hospitality industry, so I should probably find another job somewhere within this service area. And so I quit Starbucks as a barista manager, and I got a job as a server, and it was awesome. Um, I was just starting to make tips, um, and just starting to make enough to save money, put that away for later, and also um, support myself. But right when that happened, legitly, right when that happened, like not even a month later, COVID happened, and uh. that's the thing that really messed everything up for me personally, but like for a lot of other people, I'm sure as well. So um, that that pretty much destroyed or took away all of my like gigs that are coming up right now recently. Um, and also I can't serve tables, so I'm just not doing much at all. Yeah. So both the music gigs and the restaurant, um, your restaurant job, um, have 
really been shut down by exactly the economic climate. Um, and you are an opera performance ma major, is that right? Yes, I studied opera. <laughs> Wonderful. Fantastic. Um, so I am going to, um, well, before we switch over to what's happening in Canada, um, I just want to ask uh, if it's okay, how, like, how are you doing financially? Can you talk to us about, like, are you able, were you able to pay this month's rent? Um, and how did you do that? And then are you able to pay next month's rent? Like, what does it look like for you? What does the future look like for you? Okay. <laughs> That's a big question. It's very loaded and a little bit triggering. But I'm down to say um, I'm down to answer that because it's it's real life and it's happening not to just me but to like everyone and yes. um, it's de it's definitely important. Um, so initially, the first month that it happened when we all shut down and I couldn't make I had half my rent like saved up um, from my server job, but then um, I had to reach out to resources like the there's one in Somerville Medford area the Mamas page um, and they really helped me a lot to get the rest of that, the, my, my rent and my utilities for the first month that we were shut down. The and that's a mutual month, aid. That's a mutual aid organization. Me so just reaching out to neighbors and yeah. you know, people in the community. Yeah. I was very surprised by, um, by the people who did, um, who did donate and also not just um, money, but also people actually gave groceries. And that was very wow. helpful for me because I was able to eat, you know? <laughs> that is um, great. And so it was great for the first month, but I had to figure out what am I going to do for the next month. And that's when we got the, um, the stimulus check, and I was able to do that for my next month. But this coming months are a little bit different. Um, I just, uh, my papers for unemployment are, are being processed currently. So I'm waiting to hear back from them, but that should be coming in sometime soon, um, which I wasn't allowed to um, apply for unemployment because I wasn't officially laid off initially. Um, my, um, my restaurant, my employer, asked us to just wait, it should be, we should be opening up soon. So I did, and I didn't file for unemployment, but then they laid us all off. And so I had to file for unemployment, yeah. which is, um, which is okay, but it's also not going to be enough for the long run, you know? So it's definitely tricky. Um, this coming month I'm fine, but after that, it's a big question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? So, I mean, yeah. your life is completely up in the air, and it must be very stressful, and you have no idea oh. where you're going to be, be able to pay your bills a couple months down the road. Exactly. Yeah, um, definitely. I am going to go ahead and switch over to um, Kat McLeavy. So, you're both still on, um, but Kat, you... Uh, just introduce yourself um, and uh, and what's happening with you right now, especially since COVID. Sure. Um, so Anna, you and I obviously know each other because I lived in Somerville. Uh, I sat at that table where you are right now, <laughs> lived housemates. Um, but yeah, I also I went to music school at Berkeley. I graduated in August, um, and then after that, I moved back to Canada. Um, and I was touring a little bit and ended up settling in Toronto and that's where I am now. Um, and yeah, so I guess around the beginning of March was when the lockdown started getting pretty serious and I was just coming back to Toronto. I actually only, I got back about a week before they started issuing or suggesting the 14-day quarantines after travel to the United States. So I mm. just came back from the States, and then I think literally maybe a week later, um, 
they really started getting serious about quarantining. Um, and yeah, I still know a lot of folks in the States and have been able to keep in touch and kind of just, you know, feel good and, and really thankful for the situation I am in, which I guess I'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so just before, there's yeah. a little pause, like you and James are both working musicians. You both in the Boston area, both, you know, graduated from music school and working as musicians. Um, so tell us what happened when the lockdown started and you're in Canada. Um, so I think the most immediate thing was, uh, throughout the month of March and April, I was subbing a lot as a private instructor, like private music teacher, um, which I had been doing since I moved in November. So I was getting maybe four or so days a week of teaching at these three separate music schools and taking on students. And, um, I was subbing for, I had a lot of days lined up for March and April. Um, I was going to be touring again in June. So it was kind of, um, I was, that was kind of my chance to save up a little bit for until I was going to have another contract gig. Um, but that all got canceled. Um, and as those music schools were transitioning to online, uh, an online platform for teaching it wasn't the case anymore like the people that I was subbing for were not going on tour anymore they weren't going to be out of town so they didn't need a substitute and also with that transition to online teaching you're going to lose a lot of students so um I very quickly within a couple of days uh had no sub days lined up anymore um and that was daunting for sure uh especially because uh, at the time there wasn't, the Canadian government had not uh, stipulated the rules yet or the eligibility for, for any funding that they were going to be offering. So there was a little small, small amount of time that was really up in the air. Um, but yeah, soon things started coming together. So I, one of the, one of the music schools that I teach at offered me to have uh, to take on my own students for the first time. So I wasn't subbing anymore, but I took on my own private students. And that's slowly been, I've been getting more every week. So I have 15 students now that I teach online. Wow. Um, but I think more importantly is that I'm also eligible to be getting gov- money from the government, um, from the federal government. So uh, for four months, so you can backdate through March 15th. So the first period was March 15th to April 15th. And then it's for three months after that. Um, you can get $2,000 a month from the government. And that's basically just taxable income. And uh, there is no, it's actually, I don't understand how it's such an easy process, but you go on the Canadian Revenue Agency website and you click three boxes and then you get a direct deposit within three business days. <laughs> Um, I never had to submit anything. I never had to submit like any proof of losing income. Um, at first they had a rule that you had to not make any income for 14 consecutive days. And I had like subbed one day. So I was thinking for the first month that I was not going to be eligible because I had made like a hundred bucks. Wow. Um, but they changed those rules 
to say that you can ma- if you make less than a thousand in a month, then you can still get the two thousand. So I'm in a really fortunate position right now where I am teaching every I'm teaching three days a week, and uh, I'm but I'm not quite making that a thousand from that teaching, so I'm still eligible on top of my teaching money to get two thousand dollars from the government. So uh, I'm I'm more financially stable now than I was before before the lockdown and before COVID. Um, And uh, you have any medical issues that you have are covered because Canada essentially has a single payer national Medicare for all style. Yes. And some of, there is a little, some of that information is I think a little bit misunderstood, at least from some folks I met from the States. Um, and it's in that, yeah, you can go to the hospital and you can go to a doctor's appointment and there's no co-payments. But like, I still have to pay for private insurance because I have a pre-existing condition and I also have uh, medications that I have to take. So those are not covered under the Medicare for All style healthcare plan. Um, but there, it is a huge, huge difference to not be paying any co-pays and to... It might be a little bit of a longer wait time to get into, say, a specialist, but it's never going to, that's not going to depend on, you know, if you can pay the copayment or not. Yeah. Um, so the one, the, the other question that I want um, to bring up uh, for you, James, is you had mentioned to me that you might look for work. Can you talk a little bit about that and about your concerns around that? Well, yeah, so um, my initial concern was if I don't get unemployment on time or if I don't get anything, really, I'll have to either, I'd, 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 I would have to make an income to survive and to, like, make pay rent and pay for food and everything that I need. Um, and so my, my biggest concern about going to work or finding work is, um, first of all, finding work, they probably, I have found um, some, like, just doing research, the jobs available are pretty much there's not a lot first of all and second of all um the ones i find are pretty much you're always on the front line of just being exposed to someone possibly and that's something that i find very discouraging because it's in order to make a living and make money um and to survive i have to risk my health and my well-being um to to, in order to do that so it's it's to me it's either i feel like i have i have a choice either to like most likely get sick from this um, virus or stay home and not make money and then I don't know just like slowly disappear somewhere you know like there's just I feel like there's no good option for me particularly right now in the moment right now you know so it's it's very it's very scary and um not fun but everyone's I feel like everyone is like in a very similar situation, so. there We've had, what, 30 million people file for unemployment in America since the start of COVID, something like that. It might, it might be a total of 30 million. Um, yeah. And, Sheesh. you know, I, like, through talking to you and other people who really are facing this choice of, okay, I either get myself a job that is dangerous for my health or um, I can't, I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent and put food on the table. I don't know. 
Um, and I think neither of you have kids. I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't ask that question. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I mean, for, for parents who have children they have to feed, it's, a, it's you know, yet another level of, of question there. Um, and I, I do worry that these, you know, the, our, the way America is set up, that, does, that we, we let everybody fend for themselves, um, that this lockdown situation is creating an environment where we allow um, people with white collar jobs to remain safely ensconced in their apartments um, and everyone else has to, you know, basically become an essential worker serving those people and putting themselves in danger or, or else. Exactly. Definitely. And it doesn't have to be this way. So this is actually, like, this is the second of, um, it's like a new segment on the show called It Doesn't Have to Be This Way. <laughs> you know, I mean, same, same situation, two musicians, um, similar life stages, one in America, one in Canada. It does not have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. Kat, I assume you're not, like, running around, you know, thinking you're going to have to get a job as an Amazon worker or a grocery store clerk in order to pay your bills. Yeah, we're very fortunate here um, in that this guaranteed funding is going to go through to the fall. And, I, you know, may, may, I could be wrong, but I, I feel confident that if the lockdown was still happening in the fall, that there would still be funding available. Um, and even for the first month, so through the end of March, when the funding uh, eligibility criteria was not released yet, there was, um, there you could, uh, I can't remember what the word is, but we didn't, my house actually didn't pay rent at the beginning of April hmm. um, because all of my housemates and I are musicians and the funding wasn't available yet. So we were able to not pay rent and not worry about getting evicted or having any repercussions because of that. Um, and that was because of was city through. policy or national policy or Nas national policy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess renters protection. I, I can't remember what the, what the term is, but um, yeah, I feel, I feel like I am not, worried about having to sacrifice my health and safety in order to make rent. Uh, and I understand that privilege. <laughs> and especially talking to you, James, it's really, <laughs> and then as well, it's, you know, I, it's funny, I almost didn't come back to Canada. I remember. You know. <laughs> I know. You know what, yeah. though? You probably, I'm guessing that as soon as the lockdown happened, you would have, you would have hightailed it to Canada. You know, last week, our um, It Doesn't Have to Be This Way segment, here my quotes didn't show up, it, the, it Doesn't Have to Be This Way segment was, um, was actually a guy who was living here in Somerville until mm -hmm. the lockdowns, and two weeks after the lockdowns happened, um, he got a flight to South Korea, because that's where his wow. parents were, he's like born in America, but his parents are from South Korea, and they happened to be there, and they were like, you got to come here, and now he's in South Korea, and guess what? He, you know, he goes to work, people are going to school, 
People are going out to restaurants and things. They have testing and contact tracing. They have everything under control and they are leading normal lives because of policy. Mm-hmm. Because their government has their shit together. <laughs> oh, man. So I bet you would have gone. Yeah, you know. I think I would have, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, uh, I am going to give you guys both an opportunity to say any final words, but I first just want to thank you so, so much, um, James. It, uh, it, you know, it's not like we have millions of viewers, but, but it takes bravery to, to, you know, let your personal story be out there for people. And I really, really appreciate you doing this because there are many people in your shoes and personal stories motivate people to action. Um, you know, and, and I think it's really important that we get these stories out there um, so that people understand the, the gravity and the impact of policy and how much it affects people's lives. So I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, Kat, of course, um, love you dearly. <laughs> we were housemates. I don't know if people have really fully understood that, but we lived together for a whole year. She's wonderful, wonderful. And um, James, I know you're wonderful as well. <laughs> we don't have quite, quite the same history. Um, and, uh, and so thank you so much, Kat, as well, for being on. I'm going to let you each say um, some final words. Maybe, uh, Kat, why don't you go first? Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks so much, Anna. Um, I do, I also believe it's, you know, I'm glad that I could come on to this call as the person in Canada. Um, <laughs> oh, Canada. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad that I can kind of just affirm that it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> you know? And yeah. sending, you know, sending good thoughts, of course, to, to both you and, and James. Thank you so much. James, Thanks. your final uh, I just wanted to thank you for having me on this show. Uh, I really appreciate it. I definitely agree with sharing personal stories to help people um, make positive change for the better, for the world, and for our community. So having me on here, I really appreciate you having me on here. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Wonderful to have you both. Stay well. You um, too. And let's, you know, let's all get together and make some serious change because our country is in deep, deep, deep. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be signing off, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye, Anna. Bye-bye. Yeah.